Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. And a little birdie just told me that this is Jay. Jay was playing the piano. This is her last Sunday. And uh, she's going to be, you know, she travels with an evangelistic team. So be sure and uh, give Jade a, a word of encouragement and let her know how much you appreciate her. And let's certainly be praying for her as she's traveling around the, the country with the evangelistic team. I suppose, Sharon, it was about eight years ago that we moved to our current house. Am I right about that? Nine? It's been nine years. Wow. Yeah, about nine years ago, the Lord... I don't know who made the comment. Usually it's Tom. Tom's not here, so that's... I'm. Bill? Are you behaving? Yeah, you fill in for Tom when he's not here. That's usually where that goes. Um... It was about nine years ago that the Lord really worked a couple miracles that allowed us to move out on a lake. Never did I dream in a million years I'd be able to live on a lake, but it's just been a blessing. And through the years, we try to have as many of you as we can out as often as we can. If it were left up to me, I'd have folks over just about every night of the week. But, you know, Sharon's kind of funny about that. I mean, she she tends to think that the house ought to be clean and we ought to have refreshments. See, I mean, I got the easy part. I just do the inviting, you know, and then I tell her. And But uh, w- one of the great blessings, though, of living on a lake, and actually there's quite a few folks in this church that, that uh, live on lakes, but uh, one of the blessings <clears throat> is hearing the loons. I mean... I don't know what it is. Their call is so unique. They certainly don't sound like a bird. They don't sound like ducks. They don't sound like swans. They have just a unique call. It's like the call of the wild. If you, it just sounds wild. And you're more, more than likely, you're going to hear them in the late afternoon, early evening, or very early morning, usually before sunup. But occasionally you will hear them during the day. And I have learned something. I learned it this summer because I've learned, you know, I, I'll, I'll hear the loon and I'll, I'll, I've learned to look up if it's during the day, midday especially. And sure enough, it, it's a warning call. And I've looked up and there's been two occasions. There's an eagle flying over. And, you know, he's a predator. And these loons are sending out an alert. Well, this morning, can I be a loon? <laughs> Okay, you already are, Pastor. Everybody knows that. You're, you're a loon. No, I'm going to be a loon as far as sending out an alert this morning. This topic of identity, I can't tell you how important it is. And I've got to give Kerry Schmidt, he's a pastor up in New England. I've got to give him credit because I listen to, he has like an 11 to 12 message series on identity. 
And I'd really never thought about identity before until I listened to his series. And his series was an inspiration to me to preach on this topic. And I've used a little of his information, but I can honestly say the messages have been mine. But this morning, I will give him credit. I will use a lot of his quotes because obviously the Lord laid this on on his heart as we talk about identity. And it's something that affects every one of us. And I have said before, and I want to begin by emphasizing again this morning, when we as Christians see people living lives of just drama and trouble and tripping over their feet, all too often we'll simplify the problem by saying, well, it's sin. And and that's true. But go behind that one step. Why Why have they entered into sin? Why are they making the foolish decisions they're making? Why are they doing the foolish things that they are doing? And in many cases, perhaps not all, but in many cases, the root of it is their identity. It's how they see themselves. And it's how they want other people to see them. And this is something that we all deal with. Every person in this room, nobody's in. You might say, I, I don't have an issue with identity. I don't have an identity. I'm, you know, well, that's your identity. You know, you just proved my point. That's, that's your identity. But listen carefully this morning. This can help you. I want to begin by reading a couple paragraphs from an article dealing with identity that I think will point to you the importance of this topic. The article begins by saying this. <clears throat> Knowing who we really are plays a key role in how we think, how we feel, and how we actually go about our day-to-day lives. Without knowing our personal identity, we are much like a rudderless ship drifting aimlessly on the ocean, subject to the whims of the tides and the winds. For this reason, knowing our self-identity is important. Also says, without knowing your true identity, you won't be able to be content. If you have no idea who you are at the very core, then you are always going to feel broken like a part of you is missing. This is a huge struggle with people today. And lastly, he writes, When we know who we are, our true and authentic identity, we no longer have to go around existing as something less than we really are. We will be healthy, healed, and whole inside, and living a life that is consistent with our true nature, rather than perhaps viewing ourselves in a poor light, because that's what has been jammed into us and reinforced by negative circumstances, whatever they may be. I think he articulates very well the importance of our identity and the importance that we get it right and the importance that we not live under a false identity. Everyone has an identity. It's how, it really can be broken down into two parts. It's how you see yourself and it's how you want others to see you. It has a lot to do with who you are and who you're trying to be. But the pursuit of identity can be extremely frustrating. And if you'll listen carefully, this may identify what is at the heart of 
what is in you that is unsettled. The pursuit of identity can be extremely frustrating. It can have you feeling like a failure if you don't meet your identity expectations. For example, young people, they, they, have, they, they suffer with identity crisis. For example, if you don't get identity right, and let's say you want to be seen as an athlete, you know, all my friends are playing sports, and I need to play sports, and you want your identity. When people ask a, a young person, well, how, how do you describe yourself? Well, I'm an athlete. Well, if you're not a good athlete, and you're trying to be an athlete, and you're depending upon others to see you as an athlete, but you're not, guess what? You're going you're gonna to feel terrible about yourself, about your identity, because you're not you're not able to live up to that identity. It can create anxiety. If people uh, don't validate your identity that you're pursuing, that's, that's another problem with, with identity. You know, you, you may be able to pick something. You know, let's say, you know, you, you, you want to be an athlete, but you're not. But what if you pick something that you are able to achieve? A lot of people today have problem with gender identity. And they don't want to be the ident- they don't want to be the gender that God gave them at birth. Now the problem with that is they expect everybody to validate their choice. And people of faith in particular, although we love those people and we understand their struggles, we cannot validate that choice. And therefore they get angry and they get mad. And you see, and, and, and they may have a temper, and they may do things that, that are wrong. And you say, the problem with sin, no, the problem goes back a step, take it a step back to their identity. You see the importance of identity? The two greatest factors influencing your identity, though, let's take it another step, let's change gears here. The two greatest factors influencing your identity, and you are influenced, are either co- are going to come from without you or from within in your search for identity, you may be influenced by what is referred to as a traditional identity. In other words, you are trying to be something that others are imposing upon you from the outside. This identity is imposed upon you from the outside. In other words, this identity is molded by the culture around you. There are so many people that are trying to live according to the dictates of the culture. For example, the culture today applauds popularity, you know, materialism, and and looks. So people try to be that. That's their identity. They work at trying to be popular. They work at trying to have the, the nicest, finest looking cars around. They, they, they bend over backwards, and if plastic surgery is necessary, they'll do that to be good looking. Why? That's their identity that they are pursuing. That is what the culture is imposing upon them. And that can be extremely frustrating, chasing something. And even if you achieve it, That is not who you are at your core. This is something that has been imposed upon you. And every person in this room knows somebody that's suffering today because they're chasing down an identity that they think is cool and that they think the world will applaud. 
And yet they're not happy. I mean, look, look at all the famous people, wealthy people, popular people that commit suicide or they're hooked on alcohol, they're hooked on drugs. Apparently that doesn't work. It doesn't work. So that, the identities that we have can be influenced very much from the outside in. But you have another choice today. In fact, today it's a little bit different. That's kind of the way it used to be done in the past. In your search for identity, you may be influenced by what we call a modern identity. This identity is imposed from the inside out. This identity is molded by self. I I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm not going to be put into their mold. I'm going to be my own person. So people today want to be individualistic, unique, different, their own person. I think that explains in part the obsession with tattoos today or the odd hair colors or the metal piercings that people have in their bodies because they're saying, I'm not going to dance to anybody's tune. I'm going to be my own person. This is what I'm going to do. Now, the problem with that is if others don't validate you, then, again, you are frustrated maybe angry, maybe depressed. Either way, you're you're needing others to approve you, to to validate you. And that's why so many people are unhappy today. Because that never satisfies. Because at, at your core, it doesn't work. It comes up short. It is not fulfilling. It is not meaningful in any significant way that really counts. It is a shallow approach to life. I like this quote. Traditional identities and modern identities create false identities. And what's really making it worse is there's a challenge today. Never before have we had more technology and more resources to create false identities. I can get on the internet and I can have my Facebook page and this is how I want people to see me and I post this and I I want to be cool and I got to show people this and this is important and people's lives are based on how many likes they get. And if they get a lot of likes, well, that makes me feel good. And if I don't get a lot of likes, that makes me feel bad. It's a competition of likes. The the problems with, with these identities, whether it's traditional or whether it's a modern identity, whether it's impo- it comes to you from the culture or whether you decide, no, I forget the culture, I'm just going to do what I want to do. The problem with that is these identities often are moving targets. That makes it even more frustrating. Not only are those identities shallow and superficial and don't reach down to your core as a human being, but culture changes. The way people say you ought to dress can change from season to season. And even the idea of your self-identity, your feelings can change. I've done a lot of research here recently on transgender And many of them, at one point in their lives, thinks, I need to be physically altered. And they take those steps. But you know a huge percentage of those people live to regret it. 
You see, you got to be careful with your identity. How you see yourself and how you want others to see you. Here's the challenge. It's on the screen behind me. What if you lose the things that you want to define you? Your looks, your money, your occupation, and certain abilities like artistic or athletic talents. If those things define you, then when you lose them, you lose your sense of self and you then despair. Besides, all of that is just a surface identity. It's not really who you are at your core. And these two approaches to identity are problematic in and of themselves. Now, let's just take a little time out right here, right now. Is this something you struggle with? Maybe you've never thought about it before. But right now you're thinking, you know what? He's sitting a nail on the head. I've never even thought about this before. And, and it... I really struggle to be seen a certain way. There's a certain way I want to be seen. And when it's not validated, I'm frustrated and I'm angry. Or maybe this explains why you're having a problem with a family member. Because this family member is self-identifying. This is who I am. And this is the way I'm going to live. And this is what I believe. And when you don't get on board... They're angry. Again, we could have looked at those people and said, it's sin. Well, yeah, it's sin. But take it a step back further. It starts with how they see themselves. They're not seeing themselves as a born-again Christian. They're not seeing themselves as born-again Christians ought to see themselves. And so the problem is it's shallow. It isn't who they are at their core. It is changing. And it's dependent upon other people to validate you for you to feel like that, well, I am someone of worth. And if you don't get that validation, you might be angry, but you also might be living in depression, fear, or anxiety. Carrie Schmidt, the preacher I said that was inspirational for this series, there's three great quotes that he makes that I want to share with you. Number one, I think these are godly insights he has. Traditional and modern identity structures are the very definition of rebellion against God. You might want to write that down. When you let others tell you who you are and who you ought to be, or when you decide apart from God who you are and who you want to be, that's the very definition of rebellion against God. No wonder it leads to so much heartache and pain. He also says, quote number two, if you go through life with either a traditional or modern identity, you'll either scorn other successes or you'll try to trump other successes. It ends up being, that's another problem with these identities. It becomes a competition. You're trying, you know, if I were into that, I'm trying to be a good pastor. And then I hear about some other pastor. He's preaching all over the country, and he's doing this, and he's doing that. And if, I'm, if, if that's my identity, then I, I'm, I'm upset. Why, why aren't I being asked to preach out? Why? What's wrong? You see, it, it can happen to preachers. In fact, it does happen to preachers. In fact, it has happened to me. And then you realize you're caught up in a game that's not going anywhere. 
And it, it makes you competitive with other people. When you want to be the top dog at church, you want to be the one everybody looks up to, and you try really hard, and somebody else is getting all the attention, or you try really hard at work, and somebody else is getting all the attention. It's an identity thing. It's an identity crisis is what it is. Third quote from him, if you make up life as you go, and that's what a lot of people are doing. A lot of our unsaved family and friends, folks, think about it for a second. They're making it up as they go. Now, that's hard. For those of us that have been saved any length of time, that's hard for us to comprehend. But that's exactly what they are doing. They're making it up as they go. If you do that, you'll have to come face to face with a life where nothing is settled. That's why they got to go drinking every weekend to cope. Or why they got to have a drink when, when a problem comes up that day. Or got to. Do whatever. You have no objective truth or standard or foundation. You're the victim of your feelings. But when you come to believe, we're going to change gears right here. But when you come to believe in Jesus, everything is settled. Amen and amen and amen and amen. When you come to Jesus, it's taken care of. You're not searching, you're not seeking, you're not man-pleasing anymore. Which is your third option. First option, as far as who you are as a person, is a traditional identity. Well, what, what is everybody out there doing? What do they think is important? Because I'm going after it. Or the modern identity, I don't care what they're doing out there. I'm my own person and I'll do whatever I want to do. Or the third option is a gospel identity. It means you see yourself as a born-again child of God and all that that signifies. A gospel identity will, will give you direction and answer the most important questions in life. A gospel identity tells you where you've come from. A gospel identity tells you why you are here. A gospel identity tells you where you are going. And a gospel identity tells you the difference between right and wrong. And all of your unsaved friends at work, all of your unsaved family that you love and care about, your unsaved neighbors... They have none of those answers. And they're just playing a game out there that all the other lost people are playing. Trying to figure out who they are. Trying to impress people. And being depressed when they don't impress people. I like this quote. The gospel of Jesus is his invitation to come from the land of make-believe to the land of believe. Before you're saved, you are living in a land of make-believe. That is a fact. You're living in a fantasy world. And you're chasing fantasies. And when the fantasy world doesn't work out like you think it will, the world just overdoses. Drugs, alcohol, Whatever it can get its hands on. It is so shallow. The land of make-believe is the land of the traditional and the modern identities that we've described. It is ever-changing. It is always challenging. 
Therefore, it is forever frustrating. The land of believe is the land of a true identity you receive when you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. A gospel identity becomes a blessing. It is not shallow. It is not insignificant. A gospel identity is you land on bedrock. You can build your life on it. You don't have to play games. You don't have to impress people. You don't have to search to try to find out who you are. With the gospel identity, your identity is conferred upon you. A gospel identity is a blessing because it is never changing. It's not going to change with next season. It is completely accurate and therefore is extremely satisfying. Let's, let's look at those four points again that a gospel identity gives you. And only a gospel identity will give you. A gospel identity tells you where you came from. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. A gospel identity tells you where you came from. You don't have to speculate, was it a big bang, or was it this, or was it that, you know, and all, you know, evolution and all that stuff, no, you know, that's just misleading, shallow, and unfulfilling. But when you know that you are a created being, you are so blessed to know that. That answers so many questions. There's such security in that. But also, a gospel identity tells you why you're here. Revelations 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We are here because we are here created for God's pleasure. We are here to give Him honor and glory. Our lives matter. They are significant. I told the family yesterday with Barb Gould's casket lying right here, there's so many people that think, that's the end. She just ceases. It's over. That's not true. She, she lives forever, which brings us to the next point. A gospel identity tells you where you are going. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's like... You know, it, it's, it's so distressing not to know. You, you, you go, let's say you go to a conference. I've been to conferences and we drive, on, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to register. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I don't, you know, we all end up in situations like that. Maybe you're, you know, it could be any, anything. That's not a pleasant situation to be in. But when you Go to something and every, you, you know exactly what's going to happen. Clear directions have been sent and you, you know where you're going to go. You know what's going to happen. You know, it, it's reassuring. It's comforting. It, 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 it eliminates anxiety. Unsaved people around you. I mean, they're in a world, they, they don't know where it's going. They don't know where it's coming from. They don't know what's going on. No wonder there's so much anxiety and, and anger in the world today. A gospel identity tells you what is right and what is wrong. 
But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. A gospel identity through the Holy Spirit and God's Word allows you to discern. You learn what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is evil. The world out there doesn't know. Doesn't, doesn't have a clue. Totally confused. What I'm saying is, folks, those of you that are saved, forget trying to be influenced by the world and be like the world. The Bible's full of warnings about that. For, forget trying to decide for yourself who you are, who you want to be, and how you want others to see you. That, that's an exercise in futility right there. If you're in this room and you're a born-again Christian, un, un, understand you have the greatest blessing in the world. You, you know why you're here. You know where you came from. You know where you're going. You know the difference between right and wrong. There is so much. Embrace your gospel identity. Don't run from it. Don't let others tempt you to deny it. Embrace it. A few other quotes. The beauty and freedom of gospel identity is that it's offered in unconditional love and is unchanging because Jesus achieved it for us. We don't have to strive to find validation from any other source outside or inside. The battle's over. I know who I am in Christ. I don't have to impress anybody. I don't, tr- I don't have to try to be something I'm not. I just try- need to try to be the person that I know God wants me to be. This quote, it matters that people know who they are, not who they think they are. When you're born again, you know who you are. You don't have to worry about who you think you are. That can only be frustrating. The days of trying to find yourself when you embrace your gospel identity are over. The days of being overly sensitive of how people talk about you or what they think of you are over. Think about this. Jesus loves you too much to let you be your little self. To choose anything other than the identity that God gives you. To choose anything other than the identity that God gives you is silly. It's just silly. And it's an effort in futility. It is going to just bring you the results that only vanity can bring you. It will be unsatisfying. It will never be fulfilling. A gospel identity is the only thing that will work. Jesus loves you too much to leave you in your fragile identity construct. So he has a preacher stand before you because he loves you. I'm not God, but I am God's man. He called me to to do what I'm doing today, and he has me before you because he loves you. And some of you older folks and some of you younger folks are struggling with this. And, and, And it will help you to understand also those around you that you care about why they're struggling.
Think about the people you care about. Do they embrace a gospel identity? No. That's their problem. You can sugarcoat it. You can read every psychology book in the world you, you want to read. That is at the heart and the core of their problem. They don't see themselves as a gospel identity. And sadly, many Christians who are in a position to have that gospel identity, for whatever reason, perhaps the influence of the world, their own flesh, reject the idea. So Jesus has his word. He has the Holy Spirit. He has a preacher. He has loving family members imploring you. Don't, don't settle for anything less. Don't, don't settle for second best. So that leads us to a very important question that we'll close with. How, how do you embrace and develop this gospel identity? Three simple steps. Number one, educate yourself about the gospel identity. Read your Bible, study your Bible. Be in church every time the doors are open. There's all sorts of temptations out there and within you that are going to try to pull you away from the gospel, your identity in Christ. Make sure that you're doing your own daily Bible devotions. Make sure that you are faithfully in church. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night. Those few services can make all the difference in the world as to how you see yourself and how you want others to see you. Educate yourself about your gospel identity. Number two, embrace your gospel identity. So what that some are going to be critical? So what that some aren't going to understand? Folks, listen, they're unsaved. And until they get saved, those people are going to spend eternity in hell. Don't listen to them. Embrace your gospel identity. Satan is going to bring every force available that he can, use every tool that he can, every person that he can to try to make you feel like you're odd or you're weird or you're on the wrong path or whatever, and going to use longtime friends or family members that are unsaved or either maybe even terribly backslidden. No, embrace your gospel. Understand the value of it. And number three, enjoy the peace of mind that comes with that gospel identity. How valuable is it to know, with 100% certainty, how valuable, how comforting is it to know where you came from, why you're here, where you're going, what's right and what's wrong? How valuable is this? I look outside these doors into the laboratory of life and I look into the lost people out there, people you're rubbing shoulders with at work, at the marketplace, your neighbors and what have you, and I see for the whole pretty much a miserable group of people and it's getting worse all the time. And at the core, many times of what they're struggling with is who they are and how they see themselves. They don't see a gospel identity, I can tell you that. I mean, I walk among lost people, live among lost people like you. And it seems as if I've come into a lot more of them here recently. They're not a happy bunch of folks. And they're turning to things that are actually going to hurt them in the long run to try to find temporary happiness. 
Lastly, to really be gripped by your identity and God's greatness, you must wade out of the shallow waters of self, uh, self-absorption into the deep waters of praising him at all times for all things. I implore you this morning as a pastor who loves you, embrace your gospel identity if you are saved. Embrace it wholeheartedly. Educate yourself about your gospel identity. Invest in your gospel identity because there's forces out there working on you and me to try to discourage ourselves. There is spiritual warfare every day going on. And then number three, enjoy it. It's so comforting for me to know. I, I pity people that don't know. But it's so comforting that I know where I came from, why I'm here, where I'm going, and what's right and what's wrong. If you are a born-again child of God, embrace your gospel identity wholeheartedly. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, my heart goes out to you. God loves you. He'll save you this morning. All you need to do is realize that you're a sinner. And that God, being a just God, he has to judge that sin. If he didn't judge that sin, he would not be just. And the judgment for that sin is a horrible penalty of eternity in hell. But thankfully, not only is God just, but God is love. He loves you enough that he doesn't want you to go to hell. He's provided a way of escape. So he sent his son Jesus to pay for your penalty so that you wouldn't have to. And it's offered as a free gift, and it's given to you if you will only receive it, but you got to receive it. If you don't receive it, it stays on the shelf, if you will. you got to receive it. And the forgiveness of your sins comes to you as you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Let's stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.